Welcome to Refall 2021. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. So we're going to be speaking this morning about service. Um, I've had my fair share of service and I'm going to be sharing some of my testimony, but much more than my testimony, we're going to be reading a couple of scriptures because I believe strongly that the litmus test for anything is the word of God. If you can't find the base in the word of God, then it's non-existence, right? So we're going to be looking at scriptures, not just me sharing um, about the journey I'm on, because God is not done with me yet. Um, I'm right now currently serving in a position where I've been asking God what next. And he's saying, listen to the last instruction I gave you, keep at it. And I believe strongly that that's a word for someone. When I was preparing for this service, and I was just praying, and God was telling me, tell someone, don't jump ship. I don't know what that means. Maybe there's something that God has called you to and is very uncomfortable or is challenging or you are not seeing the, the result you anticipated or expect. But God is saying, don't jump ship. Don't give up here. I'm not done with you yet. You're not through the process yet. Because in this kingdom, repeating is allowed though. If you're supposed to go through a path and you refuse to go through it, or you want double promotion, and you don't learn the requisite lessons and skill set that God needs that process to give you. Because God is not just about the end result, it's about the process, it's about who you become on the journey to where he's taking you. And if you abort the process, yeah, that was the word I heard, don't abort it. Don't abort it. Don't jump ship. There is a reason God has kept you where you are right now. And he's taking you somewhere greater. But like, like Paul, right? Who for the joy? No, that's Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him? We'll come to that scripture. But that's a word that God has placed in my heart for someone this morning. Don't jump ship. Don't give up yet. Just keep at what God has told you. And for someone that has been asking God what next and you're not hearing anything, he's saying, you're not done with the last instruction I gave you. So let's just keep at the things that God has called us to. Because the foolishness of serving and obeying God, even when the world and everyone thinks that you could be doing something better with your life. The foolishness of, the, of that act, there is an enormous result and an enormous grace and enormous blessing um, breakthroughs that come with that seeming act of foolishness. So the world might call you foolish, but yeah, come on now, you know the God that makes the foolish things of this world, right? That uses them to confound the wise. So let's just stick with God. Now, so let's come back to service. What is service? Just plain dictionary meaning just means it's the act of helping or doing something for someone. We're going to use Old and New Testament. Please open your Bibles with me to Deuteronomy 10, verses 12. Um, I'm going to be reading a lot of the message translation, but for this one, I'm going to read um, um, just normal King James. 12 says, now Israel, what do the Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Here God is speaking to the children of Israel. And there's just one thing I require of you. That's to love me with all your heart and to serve me. So service to God is something that God expects of us. Oh, and someone might say, oh, that's Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament, right? Um, Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, um, I'll read the passions. Okay, let me read the message translation. It says, no. We neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus 
to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for you to do, work we had better be doing. I like the way uh, um, Paul put it here. God has created you and I for good work that we had better be doing. It's not a suggestion, it's an instruction. God was saying to the church in Ephesians here, there's a good work that God has created for you and I to do, and we had better be doing it. We don't have a choice, right? We had better be doing that which God has called us to. So what is service, right? Aside from this dictionary de definition, here is my definition of service. Because in my work, I've realized that, yes, you can serve people, but what is more important is for you to serve people in God or serve the God in people. So my definition of service is any contribution, to the revealing and unveiling of Christ to your world. Any contribution to the revealing and unveiling of Christ to your world. And this is not just about being in church or being active in church. As long as you are revealing Christ to your workplace, that is service to God. Remember, we are created for good works, right? And not everyone will ever get a mic or maybe a platform like this to speak. Does that now mean that you don't have good works? No. There are thousands of ways God can use you. So it's just about you doing that thing for the glory of God, doing that thing with the intention to reveal Christ to your world. So if you're cleaning a chair, you clean it like that's the best that you can ever do. I said I was going to share a bit of my story. So I was a pastor on campus and right after campus, I asked God, God, okay, so what next? Right after fasting and praying, he said, okay, go to, um, we're going to be, it should be a vision about working with young people. By that time, we didn't even have a youth church. In, okay, no, we had um, the youth, youth army, right? On Friday. Daniel's company. Daniel's company, yeah, thank you, P.I. Daniel's company on Friday. So I felt, oh, I was already a member of Daniel's company. I didn't understand what God was, you know, the direction he was going with the vision, but I just kept, kept praying. And then I told the person teaching dance to the teen show that I was going to join him because I liked to dance. So I started working with him. And then suddenly, Pastor Yinda called us and said, oh, Pastor is starting church 360, and he wants a bunch of leaders. We got there, and when they were going to assign me a role, they said, oh, I was going to be the assistant HOD of the um, ushering department. Now, I need someone to hear this. Title is not service. So title is not necessarily service. Let me rephrase. Title is not necessarily service. So I could have said, oh, I was a pastor before, and then I'm coming here to come and be cleaning chair. I am among the first set of people to you know, be in church. But I came, I cleaned the chairs with Jesus joy in my heart. When I'm coming, I wear slippers, carry my heels. After arranging chairs and cleaning it, then I wear my heels and go to the bathroom to do my makeup. I did it with all my heart, regardless of title. I, I had friends that called me and they said, oh, you were a pastor on campus. When are you starting your church? And I'm like, ah, it's church now, Ogwindile. I'm all about my father's business. I tell people often, the only agenda I have is one, pursuit of God and his glory. So if that means me cleaning chair, I will clean it as long as God is being glorified. So I'm saying that to say that regardless or for someone that feels like, oh, maybe you don't have title. It's not about the title, it's about the heart. Remember that God searches the heart, not the actions. Man, look at the actions, right? Man, look at the physical, but God is all about your heart. So there are different ways you can serve God, right? You can serve him with your time. You can serve him with your money. You can serve him with your words. You can serve him with your resources and ability. You can even serve God with your prayer. There are some of us that cannot sing, you know, like Bishop Olu, I celebrate people like that, Pastor Tolu, Pastor Shuba, I celebrate people that can sing, but I can't sing, but 
I realize I'm very good with finances. So I teach kingdom finance and I tell people when you make money, it's not just for yourself, right? There's the kingdom of God and his agenda to pursue with that resource. And that's when God will actually commit the wealth of the nations into your hand because he knows that you will do right with it. And by the way, I'm honestly really passionate about Christians making money right now because if you look at the space, I don't know if anyone has seen it, Spider-Man is about to be gay. Right. So there is a lot of I don't want to say madness, but confusion going on in that space that we need Christians to begin to fund and dictate what happens, because these are the things that children will be watching. And you can't just be at home telling them, no, that's not right. Right. We need to put our money where our mouth is. I'm saying that to say that there are different ways we can serve God. It's not just about showing up in church on Sunday. It's about revealing God's kingdom, revealing God's glory, showcasing God to our world anywhere you find yourself personally there's no job beneath me if it's to clean shoe as long as that shoe will shine and god will be glorified give me the duster give me the shoe polish right so our pursuit should be when it comes to service should be to contribute effectively to kingdom and advancement and don't tell me that you don't have anything ephesians 4 verse 8 says that he gave gifts to men he has given all of us gifts. And there's some of us that maybe because people haven't rewarded or appreciated those gifts, you feel like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. No, we are walking as unto the Lord. So don't give up on those things that God has called you to, right? Keep at it. Give it your very best. Don't just do it shabbily. So this morning, we're going to be looking at an example of someone that served, that did everything that was about the glory of God. This is someone that he healed the sick, he fed 5,000, he, he taught a great multitude, yet he washed the dirty feet of the disciples. I don't know if you've been to Israel, but it's not like London, man. The roads are not all tiled. They have some parts that are like Nigeria. And then, you know, I'm not sure they had grave, what was it called, put asphalt and gravel on the road like properly. So they have like hills, they will walk around. It was dusty. Let's not think that the feet that Jesus washed is like, you know, P.I. now. If P.I. say, come and wash my feet, you will not, you will not worry because the dust there is not plenty. And it's most likely not stinking. But these are guys that have walked through the bushes and the hills and the valley and Jesus bent down to wash it. There was a lot of death going on there but it was able to be the high and yet able to be the low as long as it is for the Father's glory. So please let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 12. And this is where we'll be camping um, a little bit for today. I was really excited in my heart because um, P.I. read some of the verses. Uh, I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but while she was talking, she just pointed at some of the verses, right? We're going to start from verse 12, from verse one, sorry, but I'm going to read the message translation simply because there is a way it breaks it down that the King James does not. So the message says, do you see what this is? This means all these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. Please hear me. If you think that you are the only one serving God, no, come on now, that's a joke. If you think that you are the only one giving your best for God, when Elijah fell that way, God said, Elijah, calm down. I have 5,000 who have not bowed their head to bow. So ladies and gentlemen, let me announce to you quickly, it's an honor that God will count you and I worthy to commit assignments to us, especially assignments that pertains to people's destinies and their right standing in Christ. You might say, oh, but all I do is I'm an usher, or all I do is I, I help my pastor to type, or all I do is I post. 
that pause, I remember that Pasoyida used to say that when Mela gave her life to Christ was a balloon she saw at a church. She can't remember what the pastor said, but she said she saw that balloon. She does not know the prayer that the person tying the balloon prayed, but something in that balloon ignited her heart and she went out and gave her life to Christ at the altar call. Imagine who would get the crown when they get to heaven. This balloon tire that does not think that anything will come out of balloon will get to heaven and God will say, here, here is a crown. You tied one red balloon and that balloon was it. That tells me that everything you do for God, do it prayerfully because God can use the mundane and the most seemingly foolish things for his glory. But you have to do it deliberately and consciously. Since I heard that testimony, I tell people anything I'm doing, I'm doing it prayerfully. If I'm counting money in church, I am doing it prayerfully because I know that no matter how little, when it comes to the glory of God, there is no limit on it. So you are not the only one. God has told you and you are feeling tired. Encourage yourself. There is a cloud of witnesses. Some of them are living. They are not gone yet and they are doing it. So don't get tired because you are not the only one doing this good work. There are a lot of people also doing it. And that is not to say that what you are doing is inconsequential, but that's just to encourage you and let these veterans cheer you on that you are not alone. We are all working and fighting this good faith, this good warfare or this good fight of faith. Let's come back to the scripture. It says, it means that we had better get on with it. Strip down and start running. Never quit. Never quit. Is it going to be hard? Yes. If I tell you that, oh, it's always going to be easy. You're only going to serve God when you feel like it. I'm going to lie to you. Sometimes you will cry, but cry, wipe your tears. If you're a lady, eat some chocolate. If you're a guy, drink some water and get back to it. It will be hard. You'll feel like quitting, but here's our, our charge. Never quit. Strip down, start running. It says that no extra fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we are in. Remember I said you're not the only one. Jesus has begun and he has finished it. And then we have his example to look onto. And the same spirit, you know, in Fountain, we recite this after every service. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's in Romans. It says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you, it quickens your mortal body. It's not only quickening it from sin. It's not only quickening it from life. It's quickening it for assignment. Because the spirit raised Christ from the dead for his assignment. He went into hell and took the authority from the devil, right? So it quickened him because I feel like sometimes when we recite that scripture, it's about maybe health or death or just um, um, freedom from sin. No, 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 no. It quickens you for the assignment. The Holy Spirit within you quickens you, right, from the for the assignment. So we keep our eyes on Jesus and allow the spirit within us to quicken us and help us to fulfill the assignment that God has called us to. He says, so what do you do? We're still reading the message translation. He says, study how he did it. And I think I, I need not um, reemphasize this because that's what we're doing this morning and we've been doing for the past um, couple of weeks, coming to study how Jesus did it, get into the word, study how Jesus did it. And from there, draw strength from your own journey. He says, because he never lost sight of where he was headed with exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Talk about the cross. I added that my talk about it, sorry. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shape, whatever. And now he is there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in on your faith, 
Go over that story again, hallelujah. Item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your soul. In this, all matched out, all, in this all, all out, sorry, in this all out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. And he talks, goes on to talk about Jesus, you know, resisting unto the place of bloodshed. But we are to look at the example of Jesus, draw our cue from there and say, I'm, I'm going to keep on going. And I found that some interesting characteristics from this story of Jesus. Have I had my times where, I would want to give up. Yes. Have I had times where I had struggle? Okay, so like, let me give you another story. I remember I was in paid employment before and my, my salary was, it was great. I just finished um, NYSE about a couple of, um, a year or two after. Um, and I, I had a driver, I had a car. Um, aside from my salary, my commission was like seven digits and I had bonuses and salaries and all of that. And I got a call to come work with um, my pastor. And when I went for to have a chat with him, he said, okay, come work with me, blah, blah, blah. When he told me the salary, I was collecting a major pay cut from what I was earning before. Obviously, the bonuses were not there. The commissions were not there. And it was, I went to tell my boss that I was you know, going to resign. And he was like, so you are crazy. Like, that was his word. You are, or those were his words, you are crazy. Why, what are they paying you? At the point, it was like, tell me what they're offering to pay you in that church. I will pay you more than that. And I'm like, no, it's not about the money. I feel like this is where God wants me to be at because I prayed about it and there was a need for me to be there. And I was like, no, nah, it doesn't make sense. Even now, whenever I call him, he'll be like, when you want to leave that job, come and meet me. And I did take that pay call. Did he pay me? Yes. I would, you know, there are times when I would go to the bathroom and I'd be like, God, why? You know, I was serving you with my money and I was happy. I was coming to church. I was a born again. Like, why do you have to pull me out of here to come work in a church? But I can honestly tell you that every time I've had to hang out with people that were my colleagues in the um, former place where I was working, they can't decipher how my life is like this, despite the seeming change in earnings. Because someone needs to hear this. You see, man, if you serve man, they will pay you by money. If you serve God, it pays you by more than money. The best that man can give you when you serve man is maybe money, maybe access, network. But when you serve God, this is the God that says that the cattle upon a thousand hills are mine. You know, if you serve man, yeah, if you are faithful to a man, what would they do? They will be so excited about you, right? If they see that you are faithful at your job, they want to promote you. They want to push you. They want to do all that. Imagine if you are faithful about the work of God and God is pushing you and God is all about your business. You'll see that some things that people struggle for, you will not need to struggle for. The things that men pursue will begin to pursue you. And they'll be like, why is your life? just shining like this it will make no sense but the one that you serve because the one who you serve will serve you it's just normal when you serve someone you know they are about you when you serve god he will do the same for you so let's not equate god to man and say because i see that sometimes people are so faithful at their jobs but they are very shabby when it comes to the things of god because their leader or their pastor is not paying them and i think that they are mixed they are missing things they are forgetting that who they are working for is not their leader or their pastor they are working for god and as a matter of fact if your leader or your pastor was to appreciate you and bless you the scripture says in matthew 6 you've gotten your reward and God needs not bless you. So when they don't bless you and when they use you, you should be excited. Like for me, when I have a need, I go to God excitedly because I'm like, God, 
-hmm. It's you I'm working for. I know my salary is not paying me what I'm, what I'm worth. And I don't want them to pay me what I'm worth so that I can hold you. Every time I remember service, I remember Ezekiah. When the prophet rightly came to tell him that, you know, Ezekiah, God said to tell you time up. The prophet, the prophet did not mishear. He came to rightly deliver the word of God that God said time up. Ezekiah said, no, you don't understand. I am a servant. I said God. God cannot just say time up. God is not time up yet. God said, oh, he said, God, remember my service. And I always ask people, right? If God remembered Ezekiah's service and added 15 years to his life, I ask people, judge yourself, right? If God was to evaluate your service, will he add one day or one month to your life? And that should then encourage you to give your best. He says that by virtue of Ezekiah's service, God added 15 years to his life. I know theologians have said, oh, maybe he didn't do anything meaningful with the year, regardless. But that just tells you one of the benefits that comes with service. It's not just financial resources, it's life. Life comes as a result of your service. And God said, because you have served me faithfully over this year, you're not ready to come home, it's fine. 15 more years, enjoy life. So when you serve God, there is life that is added to you by virtue of your service. I'm going to read out some other benefits that we get by virtue of our service. I don't want us to just do it because of the benefits, but I want us to do it for a heart for God because we love him and we want his glory to be seen in our lives. So I'm going to real, because I'm really, I'm a very time conscious person. I'm going to look at some of the characteristics that we will see, we've seen from the life of Jesus in Hebrews uh, um, 12 that we have read um, that talks about service. And number one thing I see is humility, right? Please open your Bibles to Matthew 6. I'm going to read it real quick. Matthew 6 verses 1 and 2. I'm reading the message translation again. It says, be especially careful when you are trying to do good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but God who made you won't be applauded. When you are doing things, ensure that you are doing it from the heart from God. So don't do it just for the praise and the accolade. Do it from the heart and ensure that nothing is beneath you. Do it because you want God to be seen and God to be glorified. So one thing you, we learn from the life of Jesus is humility. Another version of the Bible says that he did not consider it robbery, not to be equal with God, but he took on the form of human. Let nothing be beneath you. They say, oh, you are the Dickness Expo Mrs. Mother in Israel. Yes, they say mother in Israel should come and wipe chair. Wrap your mother in Israel clothes and wipe the chair. Let nothing be beneath you as long as it's for the sake of God. Be submissive. One thing I realized that service does for us is that it gives us access to our leaders. And I need to point out here quickly, when you have access to leadership, please don't abuse it. What access does is that access exposes you to people's strength and their weaknesses. And sometimes when we are exposed to people's weaknesses, we then build an altar around their weakness. We become like the children of Noah or like that one child of Noah that went to gaze upon his father's nakedness. Instead, we should be like the other two children that walked backward and went to cover it. I'm not saying cover the inadequacies of your leaders. There might be time to talk to them about it, but it's not a license to gossip because what your gossip will do is eradicate the reward of your service. 
When you serve God, you are exposed, especially when you are not the like the, the leader at that capacity, you are exposed to people's weaknesses. And because we are all human, but God expects us to even be submissive to that limitation. I say, yes, this nature or this attribute is not of God, but I'm working for God. So if you will ever have to talk about it, you talk about it to God, not from your mouth. There are people that talk about their pastors, talk about people anyhow, but it should not be of us, right? Our service is to God. So we should ensure that if there's anything at all that we want to talk about, it should be to God. Please open your Bibles with me to Philippians 2. I'm going to read verse 5, and this is talking about Jesus. Um, this is message translation, verse 5 to 11. I'll read it real quick. It says, think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status, no matter what, not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Remember what we were talking about, Jesus as our example. So we're just reading scriptures around his life when it comes to service. He says, when, it, when the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far above anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long dead and buried, will bow in worship before Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all, to the glorious honor of God our Father. When we serve obediently, selflessly, humbly, then God lifts us high and gives us honor. So the honor that we pursue can only be gotten in the place of service. The things that we pursue can only be gotten in the place of service. And it's not in the place of any house service. It's not in the place of, oh, service let people see. No, 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 it's in the place of heart service. So we need to try and help, allow the Holy Spirit help us to be submissive, to be humble, to be obedient. Please open your Bibles with me to Ephesians 6. I'm just reading scriptures, right? We're using scriptures to just encourage and admonish one another this morning. Ephesians 6, I'm going to read verse 5 to 7. It says, servants, respectfully obey your earthly master. And even to the things of God, you know, sometimes God asks us to do something and we do it grudgingly, right? But it says, servants, respectfully obey your earthly master, but always with an eye to obeying the real master Christ. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servant, doing what God wants you to do and work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter what happens, no matter who happens to be given the other, you are really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master, regardless of whether you are slave or free. Good work will get you good pay from the master. 
Whatever you're doing, remember where we started from? It's not about just what you do in, in church. It's about what you do everywhere. As long as the focus is that God is being glorified and his kingdom is being revealed here on earth. Let's do it as we are working onto the master. Work efficiently and effectively. Don't just work to do the barest minimum. Sometimes when we are serving, because we're not being paid or being like rewarded, we just do, let me just shall do it, shall. They say, come at seven o'clock, I'll just show up at seven o'clock. No, no, no. It says work effectively, work efficiently. That's what efficiency is telling us. Do extra. Don't just do the barest minimum. As a matter of fact, if when you leave that place of service, you don't create a vacuum, you have not been relevant. Your relevance will be obvious by the vacuum that you create when you are absent. So work in such a way, I always tell people that everywhere I work, right? When I leave, people must know that something is not right. They must know, I must be irreplaceable. Everywhere I work. And I do that not just where I'm, where I'm working, like in church, even in my former place of work. Like I mentioned to you, I've been out of my former office for about seven years. I still talk to my boss. He still tells me that when you want to come back to the corporate world, I'm just a call away. And right now he's a king. You know, he's a king and he has connect. He's telling me, whenever you're ready, just call me. I walk as unto the Lord. So walk in a way that your relevance, nobody can feel that vacuum, right? I know nobody's indispensable, right? But just you do your very best. That when you go, they'll say, ah, we miss Pastor, we miss you here. Okay, seven o'clock. That was my alarm, just trying to remind me. Now, when we also, okay, when we also serve, right? Let's not number pay. Because I realized that, you know, when we talk about this service, I work effectively, work efficiently. Then people, I remember one time Pastor was talking about um, one guy that God had been revealing to him about, and then his wife was complaining. So he invited the guy over to his house. And when the guy came and said, oh, Pastor, you want to see me? Pastor said, no problem, just sit down. And then he sat down and Pastor went upstairs for like two hours. So while he was sitting down waiting for Pastor, the guy dozed off and slept off. According to Pastor, I came down, I saw the guy sleeping. He said, this is why I called you. He went back upstairs, allowed the guy to sleep. By the time he came back after about two hours, he saw the guy. The guy said, ah, Pastor, sorry, sir. I slept. The pastor said, no, that's all I invited you to come and do. I just invited you to come and sleep. Now that you have slept, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You can go home. I'm saying that to say, don't be inhuman. Don't now push yourself to the point of exhaustion or don't forget to express how you feel to God. Even Jesus wept, right? So I'm saying that as much as we serve, when you are feeling overwhelmed, take out time to rest, take out time to retreat. You can, you can tell your leader that, I think that my service here, just give me like one week, let me get my act together. Take out time. When you refresh, when you come back, you are able to do it. You know, it, I, I read um, some theologian explaining that Jesus will leave the disciples in the early hours of the morning to go and pray. And they said that oftentimes he does that for seven hours. So he would have left them for about seven hours just to go and spend time alone with God. Little wonder he will come back and miracles will happen. Because he had taken time to refresh. Little wonder he will go teaching them hours and he won't get tired. He won't ask for a water break or food break because he had taken time to refresh. So don't overwork yourself to the point of exhaustion. I don't know if anyone has um, read The God's General. You read the story of some people there that did not take care of their body and what happened? The body ended up crashing on them. God needs you alive to be able to do the work of the ministry. So when it's time to take out time to rest, to retreat, it's okay to rest, but it's not okay to give up 
on the agenda of God, but it's okay to rest, it's okay to retreat, it's okay to shed your tears to God. Your tear is not an embarrassment. Hebrew says that we don't have an high priest and that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. It's okay to go to God and say, God, Pastor, he shattered at me and he pained me, he entered my blood. But then you don't now say you won't show up the next day. You go to God and you pray. Another thing we need to do as servant, as people that serve is to pray for those in authority over us. Whoever is the leader in the capacity in which you are serving, pray for the person. Another thing we will hear from Hebrews is no sluggishness. You cannot afford to be sluggish on the job. Give it your best. We have to be patient. We have to be correctable. That's another thing that Hebrews um, 12 tells us, because whom the Lord loves, he corrects. One reason I see that people are bought the mission to serve is that their leader corrects them, and then we become disgruntled. As a matter of fact, if a leader does not correct you, that leader does not love you. Because even God as your leader will correct you. I tell people that one of the first ways you know that you have the Holy Spirit is in the corrections that he gives you. It's not just in the power that you begin to manifest or the giftings that you manifest. It's in the things that you do and the Holy Spirit will say, not this. And the reason I know that is because your normal human nature, according to Romans, is anti-God, right? You're, you were are, you are led by your flesh. And the Bible says that the flesh is always at war with the spirit. So when you come into the spirit, it will correct things about you. I know Pastor Missy will remember this, you know, we were, we were during, after he emerged, we were trying to reshuffle um, some of the things. And while we were making some decisions, oh, this person should take over. After we finished that meeting, I had to call, I said, you know what, Jolis, we just checked me now. It was like, Pastor Missy, can I remember? It was like, check your heart. Why yes, did you- both of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As if, at the meeting, we were very forceful. Let's do this, let's do that, let's do that. By the time we finished the meeting, at least we were just checking my heart. That, why did you say that? What's your motive? I'm like, ah, Shabby, you know everything. This is so I had to start explaining myself to the other that no, it's not like I don't have a bad agenda. And then I had to call Pastor Emi see that ah, this is it. Say me too. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is just, so if you have the Holy Spirit, He will check you because your normal nature is not in line with God, right? So if the Holy Spirit is not checking you, then there's something. And we have to eat to those corrections. And one of the reasons it checks us is to take us either. I tell people, if you are serving on, under a leadership that does not pull something deeper out of you, there's something fundamentally wrong. I remember when I started working in church and after pastor ordained us as um, pastors in Fountain, um, the first service I went for was a Tuesday service, right? And I got to the Tuesday service and then I, I saw a note from one of the past older pastors that said, dear pastor, we say you're going to be leading prayers for 10 or 15 minutes. And then I was working on the island, you know, we woke up, I woke up at 5 a.m., got to the office, hustle of the office, came back from the office, I came to church. So I was not prepared to lead prayers. And when I saw that note, I was like, oh my God, what's this? So I went to the bathroom, I said, pray that God, why did I even come for this service? Please hear me. Leadership service will demand something out of you, but it's never something that you don't have. It's simply calling out to the deep on the inside of you. So when you are serving and God or your leader is making a demand that is on you, that is more than your innate ability, it's because there is that on the inside of you and God wants to call it out. And I went to the bathroom and I was like, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. He gave me a couple of scriptures. I came out and as in, it was so weird that as I came out, the pastor that was ministry started to reel out all the scriptures that God had given me in the bathroom. And I was like, oh my goodness. So if I now go and say that, they will not say it's like we are recycling scripture. 
please, when did they ordain me that there's no more scripture in the Bible that we can pray during service? So I was, I was like, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me, help me, help me. I got on stage that day and obviously Holy Spirit started to give me scriptures and we prayed. After prayers, somebody walked up to me and said, you know, I've never looked at the scripture in that light before. And I was thinking, eh, what did I even say? Honestly, I couldn't even remember what transpired. So I had to go and listen to the service again. I was like, oh, really? I said that to say that left to me, I would never have thought that I could lead, not because I'd not done it before, but because of the rigor of that day. So service will pull out something from you, right? And it will, and another thing I realized by service, service will make it better. It will make you be better at that which God has called you to. I'm really particular about time. So be open to correction, be patient with yourself, be patient with your leader, work effectively, be obedient. Now let's look at some of the benefits of service, right? Hebrews 6 verse 10 says, for God, the faithful one is not unfair. How can he forget the beautiful work you have done for him? He remembers the love you demonstrate as you continually serve his beloved ones for the glory of his name. But we long to see you passionately advance until the end and you find your hope fulfilled. So don't allow your heart to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm, but follow the example of those who fully received what God has promised because of their strong faith and patient endurance. You need patient endurance when you're in service. This is Hebrews 6 verse 10 to 12, TPT, right? We need to ensure that our heart does not grow dull or lose enthusiasm. Because sometimes in the place of service, you might get tired, especially if you are one of those people that, you know, there's some people that when you start serving, right, you see the reward comes easily, like it comes really fast. And there's some people that God wants to take you through that process first. Um, some people call it dry spell, but you are not looking at other people. There's no comparison in service. You keep your eyes, like Hebrews 12 says, on Jesus. That is our mental eyes on jesus and then we follow him ensure that we don't lose our enthusiasm ensure that our hearts does not go dull be strong in faith be patient be endurance be open to correction we allow our humanity yet we are working effectively obediently we are submissive we are humble when you do this it then says that god is not unfair he will not unfair he will not forget the beautiful of god is a rewarder he will not forget forget your labor of love now so what are the benefits that accrue to service and i've seen these benefits in my life like honestly i tell people that there's some things i never have to worry about if i just sometimes if i just think about it god makes it happen because i'm serving there's some things i even told god like god you know for me to remain in this service. I didn't, I'm not saying go and do that. I'm just saying my work with God. You have to do X, Y, Z. And I think it just, in his humor, he will just do it. So there is a reward that comes with service, but this reward does not come with heart service. Remember the example of Jesus and this attribute. It comes with the heart service, a service that is in pursuit of one agenda, regardless of the title, regardless of the job at hand focusing on God being glorified. So what are the benefits? First of all, let's, let's start from Old Testament, right? Exodus 2, the Exodus 23, verses 25 to 27. Exodus 23, 25 to 27 says, so you shall serve, not you shall pray, not you shall, I don't know whether that adjective to use or verb to use. It says you shall serve the Lord your God and he will what? Bless your bread and water. 
and I okay, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you will come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. You want God to bless your bread and your water. You want him to take sickness away from the midst of you. You don't want to suffer miscarriage or be barren. You want to fulfill the number of your days. These are benefits that accrue when you serve the Lord your God. And remember, it's not service of leap. It's not service of I let people see me. It's not service because you want to be ordained dignity or elder apostle. It's service wholeheartedly to the Lord walking as unto the Lord, then he makes all of this. So when, I, when I'm sick, I go to God and say, I'm serving you. Uh -uh. Come on now. You have to take sickness away from the, from the midst of me. I'm not saying you might not have to take medicine when necessary, but you know that that sickness cannot take you out. When you are in lack, you go to God and say, you said you will bless my water and my wine and my, what, my bread, and I'm serving you. That means that there will be abundance. You will always have more than enough. That's not to say you will become the next dangote. However, if you need that level of wealth for your assignment, then by all means, you will get it. The Bible says that nothing good will be told from us, but then it's if you serve. Job 36 verse 11. Job 36 verse 11 says, if they obey and serve, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. If they obey and serve, they will spend their days in prosperity. So the money and the wealth and the fame that people pursue will pursue you if you obey and serve the Lord your God. So you will get the blessings of your bread, your water, get sickness, miscarriages, barrenness being taken away from you. And sometimes what we need to do, because you, you can then ask me, but I've been serving and I'm, you know, I'm still sick. My bread is not being blessed. What you need to do is like I, I heard someone has preached and the lady that shared the testimony practice, take this word and go back and sit with it. Like she read her Bible for two hours and then pray for one hour. You will read this and go back to your Bible and sit down with it. I remember before I got married, right? There was a time that after school, because when I was on campus, I was a pastor. And one of the rules then that was that we're not allowed to date. So after I left school, it was like there was a dry spell. I don't know if anybody has ever experienced relationship. I don't know if there's any single person here. Like relationship dry spell, where nobody's coming, or people that are coming are just not born again. Like just wrong, wrong people, married men, unbelieving brothers. And I'm like, God, what's happening? And then I came across this scripture. And I went back to God and I said, God, you know, I don't even want just anyhow brother this time. I want the best of the best. Someone that will give me the freedom to be able to serve you and do your work. And I remember I wasn't married then. Then I met my husband that I'm married to. And I told him, oh, I was going to quit my job and I was going to um, go serve in church. And I told him about my pay cut and all of that. And he was like, yes, go ahead. Like I go to church now. I leave my husband at home with the children. I'm not afraid. He will never call me to worry me. Uh, sometimes my job, I have to travel with my boss. We go weeks. I'm not bothered. God has given me someone in whom my heart can rest and I can do the work of God. But then I came across the scripture and I, and I told him, I said it back to God. I came across the scripture that says none will lack their mates. I told it back to God. So we find the scriptures. We then anchor on them and say, God, you know, like Pastor Missy like to say, we then lambano on them and say, God, this one, oh my work in my life. 
and we will see the manifestation. Um, so we enjoy prosperity, we enjoy these blessings. Another thing we enjoy is that we partake of the grace that God calls us to serve under. Please open your Bibles with me to 2 Kings 2, verses 9 to 10. 2 Kings 2 says, uh, 2 Kings 2, 9 to 10 says, And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. You know, I've heard people preach and say um, it was because he saw uh, Elijah being taken up. But then if he was not serving, he would not be in the proximity to be asked this question in the first place. So is, yes, it was good that he saw Elijah being taken up. But the reason he had the access to even ask for that kind of thing was because it was in close proximity. It was because he was serving. And if we remember, he was not the only one that was serving Elijah at that time. But it was the only one that his service was closely knitted. And we will remember that every time, even before he got that double portion, right? Elijah, Elijah will say, turn back. He said, no, this is the leadership. This is the service that is not looking for accolade. Turn back. Let me go. I'm going to Jordan. I'm going to Gilga. I'm going to this one. He said, anywhere you go, my service is towards the Lord. So as long as you are here, I'm with you. And that was why he was able to get a double passion. So it's not just about what you see. The anointing you serve, you most likely will become. I've heard, I, I remember someone called one time, right? And the person called and, was, and I picked the phone. The person called personality's phone and I picked the phone. And the person said, oh, hi, personality. And you know, I was trying to say, oh, no, this is not personality. This is BCOA. I was just talking, talking. I'm like, calm down. Sorry, sorry, please hold on. She was like, what? When, I, when she finally heard me, she was like, what? You sound so much like her. One time I preached in church, someone else called me. Why do you sound like personality? I'm like, hey, God, I guess it's Yoruba adage. Teruba tepela roshe, umandoshe. But the anointing that, the grace and the anointing that you serve under, you most likely to become. And then lastly, John 12, verses 6, 26. John 12, 26, you will be honored, right? It says that whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. When you want honor, serve your way through honor. Those are, these are some of the benefits that accrues in the place of service. And then lastly, I just want us to pray this prayer. Um, um, and this prayer would be in Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, please open your Bibles with me to Hebrews 12, we're going to verse 28. Because I believe that God will ignite our heart towards service. In the name of Jesus. There are enormous blessings that accrues in the place of, of service. But remember, it's the service that comes from the heart. We're going to be reading Hebrews 12. We're going to read verse 28 to 29. It says, do you see what you have got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent standby. Remember, we're reading the message translation. He is actively cleaning house, touching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it is all cleansed. God himself is the fire. So I want us to pray this evening that God touch. It's not touch as in T-O-U-R, it's T-O-R-C-H. Touch, light up, that's what it means, burn, ignite. 
anything in me that is not helping me to serve adequately. Maybe my leader has hurt me. For someone, your leader has hurt you and it's time to forgive. I don't know who that person is. You've been hurt in the place of service. And it's time to say, God, I forgive this person. I forgive who has hurt me. But we are asking God this morning to clean house. God clean house. He says that God himself is the fire. And it's unto him we have gathered this morning. These blessings, these benefits, they would accrue. But only if we serve from the heart to God. So I want us this morning to pray that God touch light, ignite, burn off anything that needs to be burnt off. If I have been hurt in the place of service that is injuring me from continuing to serve, God, I receive grace to forgive. Help me. Help me forgive because sometimes service will hurt you and your hurt is understandable. You are only human, but you cannot give up on the plan and the agenda of God because you have been hurt. We have to pursue like Jesus and finish the race that he has set before us. So this morning, God, we're asking you to touch. Sorry, my sons are weak. We are asking you to touch. We are asking you to ignite. We are asking you to burn up. God is the fire. We are asking you to burn off anything in us that is not of you. And we ask that you help, our, help us. Give us a heart to serve you. In the name of Jesus, give us for someone here. You need to pray for strength. That's what I'm hearing. God is renewing your strength. In the name of Jesus, he's renewing your strength like the eagles because the journey ahead is high. There are a lot of things that he wants to accrue and do through you and you don't have enough strength. And God is saying, yes, I see your words. I see that your strength is little and I'm coming this morning to reignite you. I am coming this morning to strengthen you. We receive your strength, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We ask, oh God, that you burn. We lay aside every weight. We we lay aside that which will hinder our service this morning. And we thank you for the grace to be able to serve you. Lord, we forgive, we forgive. Anyone that has hurt us in the place of service, we release them. And for some of you, you have to pray for that person that hurt you. And say, God, I pray for this person. I release this person. I let this person go. And I pursue your agenda wholeheartedly in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We give you praise. Blessed be your holy name, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you. And I just want to encourage you. Remember, you are surrounded with a great cloud of weaknesses. Pull from them and let them encourage us all to pursue this agenda of God. And let us do it wholeheartedly, you know, not grumbling, not complaining, not comparing ourselves. And I trust that we will, like Jesus, attain that crown of glory in Jesus' name. God bless you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this sermon on the Refer series. This sermon is available on YouTube and all podcast platforms. For more information and other resources, visit www.emissiowolabi.com.